You're listening to Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technologically advanced silhouette decoy on the market. First Light, the best hunting gear on the planet. Go farther, stay longer. And Ducklander Calls, tradition, education, and quality. Built to hunt. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Union 0430, episode 150. Hey, I got to apologize. Um, there wasn't, so I got to apologize for a couple of things. Sorry, boys. We'll get into the introductions, but I got to get this off first. So first off, I apologize. There wasn't a show last week um, because um, I needed a break. Ultimately, that's what it was. I needed a break. I took a break. We didn't do a show. The second thing, and thank you to the millions of listeners that we have, because you all messaged me and told me, apparently none of our episodes have been uploading to Spotify lately. Um, so there's a bunch of people that are smashing on doors um, because they don't get to listen to us, which is nice to hear. I'm not going to lie. So uh, this week, and I'm going to devote some time in the figuring that out and, and how to get all those the latest episodes up on the Spotify. So apologies out of the way. That's the last time you're going to hear me this show say I'm sorry for anything onto the show. We've got our good friend, Corey Baker, who you may know that we bring up time and time again, because Corey came on the show way back when, first when we started, and Corey was, you know what? He's the type of friend that really doesn't hold anything back. He tells you exactly how it is, and we appreciate it. So Corey is the person that says, you know what? I think an hour is a bit too long for a podcast. So um, so anyways, we're bringing Corey back. Um, it's been way too long, buddy, um, to have you on. Of course, the constant Philly is here. Um, and we're twinsy in her up. So for anybody that's not listening, both of us are wearing our Real, Real Geese t-shirts tonight. So um thanks craig yeah thanks craig <laughs> so uh I'm yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i think craig like mailed this to me for whatever reason yeah it's probably so shit sounds like craig but Corey, buddy welcome back uh it's been way 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 too long since we've talked we chat online but not face to face it's been way too it's long buddy. so welcome no oh of course not and and no. And you know what? It's it's crazy because we were talking about it before we hit the record button. How fast time is going? Because I knew you guys, you and your wife were about to have a second child. I didn't realize that the second child was born yet. I, I thought she was still, as Phil said, I thought the baby was still baking in the oven. Um, yeah, no, it's on the outside now. It's on the outside. And it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the pooping egg up. Is hatched. A, <laughs> the egg is hatched and it's pooping up a storm. And uh, oh, yeah. so all functions. Congratulations, buddy. Two boys. Um, I would imagine that there's nothing. Cost, safe. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that in four years, there will be nothing safe unless it's made out of cast iron. Oh, well, hey, I already see this all the time. My, my two-year-old son, the second he goes to junior kindergarten, kindergarten, I know I'm going to be getting many talks to you from the teachers. <laughs> i I really don't look forward to the time when he goes to a petting zoo with his school. So I, I will give you, right I will now, give you, about, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a, and makes his little hunting sounds with it. I'm like, 
yeah, that is my boy, but that's going to be an issue later on in life, I'm sure. So. I'll, I'll give you a leg up, Corey. Don't teach your kid to high five to the face. <laughs> I, I got spoken to. I got spoken to. Um, yeah. You know, Corey, that's pretty interesting. So for, for people that don't know who Corey Baker is, so his, his real job, his daytime job, is that he's, and and it's probably the wrong word for Corey, but you take care of nuisance wildlife, right? Yes, yeah. The the fancy name to that one, wildlife management specialist. What? That's quite the handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we bring it down a level or two. I pick up Dan animals from the road sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's interesting because, like, I I know like your boy, uh, so Fox right now, like he he's involved, like he's with you. Like he's out around the door with you. He, you don't hide anything away from him. Like he sees all the things that you see. Um, so yeah, I'm. I want to know how that petting zoo trip goes. Like, yeah. well, I'll be, sign up to be. I'll sign up to be like one of those little chaperones. Oh, yeah. yeah, chaperones. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it, uh, and I'll just yeah. sit back and watch though. That's yeah. for hey, sure. Hey, I'm Dad, not stop can anything. we? Yeah. Can we eat these? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Dad. Hey, yeah. Dad. Remember the time we found one of these with its brains outside of its head? Yeah. He's he. As I said, he's two. He already knows where his food comes from. He's uh, amazing. He's out there right away with me. Like, and, and it's great that I'm starting him out so young because he has no fear for any of this stuff that we of do course. because it's just yeah, it's firsthand for him. It's all natural. So before he was even two, he's walking around picking up our ducks that we brought home with us. Yep. And he wanted to help clean right away. And so I go, that's perfect. He's going down that, that right path of he's going to know exactly where all that stuff comes from. We're not sugarcoating it with him. It's no. that life we live in. And even now we're, uh, he's in the garden with me all the time. We're picking all the vegetables that's coming up right now. And he's picking ones that he shouldn't be also, which is the, the bit of frustration. But that's what comes with a two-year-old running around through a garden, you know? Well, so. And he's a boy. Like, listen, like, let, let's not, let's not sugarcoat things. Like, we aren't the smartest. Like, you know what? Like, it's amazing that we actually make it to manhood, the, the, to be honest. So, yeah. you know, if, oh, if a couple. I, I question it every day. <laughs> if a couple, if a couple vegetables gets damaged, uh, I say, I tell the story and I've said it on here before. Um, I had a buddy of mine when, when Trish found out, like when we found out, our first kid was going to be a girl. My buddy asked me and I said, yeah, I was sort of hoping for a boy. And he said, listen, I'll tell you something. He said, you give a little boy a hockey stick, something's getting destroyed. You give it to a little girl. She's going to learn to play hockey. And, and it's true, man. Like it is, it is 100% true yeah. because I can remember when my son was, was a baby. And I, I mentioned this to someone. I said, if you want to watch the evolution of man, come to my house. Because my son will pick something up, he looks at it, he sniffs it, he tries to eat it. If he can't eat it, it's smash. And I'm like, use, that, use that's it as a blunt force object. I'm like, that's the evolution of man right there. I'm I'm, I'm watching I'm watching Homo sapien cross my <laughs> cross my cross my kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, buddy, it's awesome. It's pretty amazing. Um, we were 
we were really coddling of our kids. Like I didn't take my kids out and, and do that kind of stuff. Like we, me and my wife, we, we coddled our kids pretty good when it come to come to that stuff. Now, cleaning ducks and, and cleaning trout and stuff. I always did that kind of stuff, but I didn't, not to the extent that you're doing it. You know what I mean? So, um, he just follows us around and, and it's going to be the same with the second boy there. They're just, just have him follow you around and and yeah. uh that's what I'm really enjoying now because he's at the age now especially where we ride our mini dirt bikes together and that's crazy it's all those fun things that again i always wanted to do that when i was younger so now that i am a dad i'm like perfect now we yeah. get to have a lot of fun because now i can afford these fun toys for you so we're gonna go you know out <clears> in all his little protective gear and he jumps on that mini bike and he's just gone with me at two Where, years so, old eh Two, yeah, just over two, and and he's doing good. So, yeah, he's uh, by next year, I'm like, oh yeah, he'll be doing jumps and backflips. I I can promise that. We'll see. Sick yeah. ramps. We yeah, hitting yeah. And, some uh, sick ramps. Yeah, and he follows me through work, which is hilarious. He'll uh, if I ever get called out in the afternoon, I'll just have him tag along with me, and I'm like, yeah, just don't touch that animal that's in that cage. It's not a pet. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he'll only yeah. do it once too. That's, 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 true. that's a self-correcting yeah. problem. Yeah, but again, I still have to come home and explain myself. So. Yeah. yeah, dear uh, wife. Yeah, dear yeah. wife. Um, yeah. No, but core like, like we were saying before, like I forget what it was like to have two small kids around, right? Like my my daughter's my daughter will soon be eighteen. She's going into grade twelve. My son just graduated. Uh, like he's going into high school now next year. Um, I forget the amount of time uh, and attention that when when you're without children and, and you're just pretty laxy-daisy, you can go and come and do whatever you please. And then when they come in, and it, 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 there's a change, right? And I, I forget it. So, you know, as I'm talking to you and I'm like, hey, man, I, I haven't seen you do a whole lot with photography lately. Like, what's going on? And you're like, well, dude, I got a new I got a new kid. Like, I can't I can't go sit on the bank of a river for six hours now taking pictures of ducks. Like, I got to get yeah. home and look after my kids. Yeah. Right. And and I'm fortunate. The wife should be like, just go go take your photos. I got it. It would kill me, though. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. You know, like I'd sit there the whole time just being guilty, being like, well, I'm not doing a damn thing besides relaxing right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not even pick your battles. It's just enjoy it while they're young right now. Absolutely. Photography, that's always going to be my passion. I'll always have that right yeah. now. Thing is, I love spending time with the, the boys now. It's weird yeah. for me to even say that. But uh, Fox, especially, he's again, he's glued to me the second I'm home. It's what are we doing? Where are we running? And he just wants to race me outside and do something outdoors, which is, which is fantastic. But yeah, the whole, uh, getting around, relaxing, taking photos. I went, all right, that's, that's going to slow down <laughs> a little bit right now, yeah. which is fine. It's the off season. I'm prepping of myself course. for hunt season. There's a uh, lots going on in the works there for that. And that'll be here before we know it anyway. So absolutely. Right now, yeah. I'm just working it full-time soak up as much as i can outside of work and uh hang out with that family that we created now so there's four of us it's awesome so that's amazing yeah. i want to ask you uh a question because i'm hoping you have some insight into it um ammo shortage what's going on like where's all the ammo dude well, stateside right now. I just had a good friend come down from the states there, and 
He's like, every shelf is stocked just south of the border right now. Okay. And we even looked at it like, okay, I believe we can basically bring up under 5,000 rounds, no problem from what we can see. Yeah. And so it's like, why are they getting stopped up here? And and especially for even finding 12 gauge ammo, it's somewhat readily available in most of your shops that you're looking for. But me and most of the guys in our group, we're all 20 gauge shooters. And yep. even Andy, he's now going even sub sub gauge, 28 gauge is what he's been shooting now for the last little bit. Yeah. Good luck finding any of those loads around. Uh, and especially in the steel load uh, for waterfowl coming up. So it's been uh searching long and hard to find good stock of anything you can get your hands on and then when you do find it don't even look at that price tag right now yeah just just do it eh? eat it yeah yeah philly uh, what are you what are you seeing like because you you started to dip into the 28 gauge uh last season you've been shooting 20 for for ages but um and i know dave Dave was looking at 28 gauge and, and he was even thinking about reloading his own because he couldn't find any. Um, yeah. but even, even going that route, it, it, okay. You're not saving any money, I guess is what I'm getting I, at. Oh God, no, no, this, this is not a, uh, not a, a poor man's sport by any means. Um, well, I managed when I first got my 20, this would be the third season, I guess. Um, I managed to find a source for like some, some cheap, cheap steel loads. Yep. So I bought a couple boxes and then the price went up a couple bucks a box. So I'm like, oh crap. So I bought a couple more boxes just, just to have on hand. Like I, I don't shoot it all that much. It's just strictly small water docks. That's yep. it. For your 28 gauge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I managed to score like one of five flats of bismuth in canada one so of I shot five one of five what you had to do you just had to sell your truck to buy that or what i, I stood on the street corner for days you, on end i i would think so because you're not yeah. an attractive man no no <laughs> um but yeah i, I got lucky and, and snagged a fly to the business but like it's it's strictly a special occasion toy at this point yeah, I would think so. Like but I it's got, crazy. I, like, but I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand it. Like, so, so we, we shoot Challenger now. So we don't have an issue. We shoot Challenger. There's lots of Challenger load that, like, Challenger is not, um, light on how much they have. There's tons of it. It's, and if you want it, all you got to do is go to your store and say, Hey, listen, bring Challenger in. I know they got it. I, and I can tell you, I know they have it. Um, but the other brands is just, and, and Challenger's made here in Canada, so it's a little bit easier um, to get your hands on it and stuff like that. But, you know, when you look at the other brands that are out, they're like, I, I just don't, I don't understand why it's a shortage. If, how can I put, is, is the, United States is the Americans buying up everything. Like, are they just buying everything, and then what they're oh, not yeah. buying is is what's getting shipped across the border? Yeah, like it's the, it's the U.S. is the issue because obviously there's like an astronomical amount of more hunters in the a states. Abso absolutely, so but there've always you know, been an a but there's always been an astronomical number yeah. of hunters in the states, right? We've never um, seen shortages like this. But guess guess what? squeak wheel gets the grease right 
Well, I don't, I don't know you about that. I, you, cater, I, you cater to the mass market. Yeah, but they, they've can, always you been there. Yourselves. Yeah, but they've always been there. They've like in the last two years, their their hunting population hasn't increased that much that it would affect no. our ammo sales. But there was, you know, obviously a reduction in production. That rhymed. Mm. Um, so therefore, you know, trying to get caught up, and then there's just fear mongering. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So they just start buying everything under the sun. They mm -hmm. buy an ammo for guns they don't even have, probably. And then again, because we are such a small market, who suffers? Everyone below. Shit rolls downhill. Yeah. Like when you go into, like, even like sale, we have a sale not far from my house here in Cambridge. And they had it one box per person limit last season. Yeah. Uh, really? Get your shelf. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who's going duck hunting with one box? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are you? So, holy smoke! So you got to take the entire family with you, in order to just go back. Let's go back the next day. Yeah, yeah. Just keep going every day, just to stock up for the weekend. So that's why it's like heck. I even we went all the way up to Aurelia to go get shells this season. Old Elwood. At Elwood. Yeah, old Elwood. Yeah. yeah, and they had. Uh, I think it was like a flat and half of our 20 gauge loads that I was looking for. So it's like, okay, well, looks like I'm spending a lot of money today. And fortunately, wow. Andy loves driving. It was up there already. So he swung by, picked up those, picked up another big flat for himself. And uh, Andy do yeah. like a lot of driving. Like that dude is like sheep shit, man. Like yeah. he is everywhere. Dude, like I don't understand it. Like he'll phone me and he's like, oh, I'm in Niagara Falls today. And then half hour later, he's like, oh, I'm up in Barrie. I'm like, what? Yeah. How'd you make it up there? And he's like, oh, we just wanted to go for a drive. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, bumped into him. a lot of scouts, so that's good. Yeah. I bumped into him at the uh, at the Wald for Hope dinner. Yep. He was there. So that was Peterborough. And then, so that would have been, uh, when was that, Phil? That was like April? March. Something like that. But then before that, May, before yeah, May. But so I had seen him because he had come visited us in the refuge at the Toronto Sportsman Show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I didn't expect to see Andy like it. Not that it's a long drive, but it's still a drive from from where he lives up the up to Toronto. And then like two weeks later, I'm at the Wild for Hope show and he's and he's there. I'm just like, dude, like, how much do you travel? And he's like, well, it's just a drive. Not a big yeah. deal. And I was like, this is awesome. Andy's all uh, over I'm, the place. And his I'm wife just, goes just, everywhere with him. I'm everywhere. just in a boot. Yeah, I'm just out in a boot. Yeah, yeah. He uh that man puts the miles on his vehicle. I'm sure every gas company loves him. So <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, like just uh to re reiterate back to the ammo thing, like the way things are going, I'm almost half tempted to buy another 12 gauge. You what? shut your mouth. Right? Why? Yeah, that's gross. Like, no, like yeah. So I, I I'm trying to understand your logic di di here. Diversify so. the portfolio. But you have it's a twenty. readily available. You shoot what's said, available. Like, yeah, twelve gauge ammo. It's not hard to come by. Oh, like, did you I say to, to, you were going to buy a twelve? Another. Oh, I thought you said you were going to buy a twenty. That's why I was well, probably like, that too. <laughs> I wouldn't. Everybody I, yeah. needs more of those. Yeah, because yeah. as as Corey probably knows, the Ethos Cordoba is in Canada now. Yeah, it doesn't. I hope it doesn't shoot like the new M2s or anything like that, or the new SP3s. I hope it doesn't shoot as high as the other ones do. Well, I, I can speak for the regular Ethos, and she is spot on. 
Yeah. Because I have I have the original Cordoba. Yes, I remember I remember your first season with that. Yeah. And if yeah. you've got it, Mar Marco, the uh, the Portuguese penetrator, he's got one now too. Yeah. And uh Kevin Riddell, he went and picked up one of them as well. So okay. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm just gonna end up buying one off Kevin one of these days just so I have a backup. <laughs> you, know, you can never have enough of them. No, this is this is true. I haven't I haven't had my hands on the new M2 yet, but we're we're, we're dabbling. I don't know, just trying to trying to budget things. Well, enough of this Benelli talk. Let's talk Beretta. Well, just joking. Screw that. Joking. I went I went even old school. Right, I'm shooting a 19. What is it? 1967 870 Wingmaster, and that's mm. what I ran all of last season, pretty much. Yeah, but that's that like an 870 Wingmaster, like those old gun, like buddy, that was. <clears throat> That's, I've got my dad's from, my dad bought his brand new in 75. I bet you that gun on the open market right now is worth a lot of money because those old wingmasters, man, you can't find those anymore. Fucking no, bullet. this is the, this is the Magnum as well. So it's a three inch. Ooh. So, and, uh, <laughs> and of course it came, it came with the full 28 inch fixed full. So yep. I had a local gunsmith actually bore it out for me. Okay. So then basically an improved modified. Yep. And patterned it basically specifically for running number twos out of it. And nice. the thing throws such a good pattern. That's why I left the fancy guns in the gun safe all last season and started yeah. running around with this old school oh. wingmaster. I wanted to and I wanted to bring that up because I remember watching you a couple years ago, core, and and this is why certain people, uh, certain people, I I I listen to what they say because I know they put. It's not just a, you know, they're flying by the seat of the pants. Like there's there's a lot of thought put into it. And when it comes to ammo and pattering, pattering your ammo and and the gun and stuff, like you have no. You have no brand affiliation whatsoever when it comes to ammo. Like you really don't no. give a fuck <clears throat> what ammo it is. You go out, and I remember you and Andy going out and buying a shit ton of ammo and just pattern, 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 and just spend hours shooting that cardboard until you guys found what you said. Okay, this is this is what works with my gun, and this is what I'm using this this fall. And and when it comes and and honestly, like yeah, we spend a lot of time watching that paper. Bless you, Phil. We spend a lot of time. There you go. So many yeah. 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 So yeah, we spend a lot of time punching paper, patterning those guns, and and realistically, we really, really started focusing more on that when we switched over to twenties from the twelves. Yeah. And and heck, I haven't run a twelve gauge now in over ten years. And, and so it's been many, many years of picking up different 20 gauges and just tossing different loads down range, different choke combinations. Yeah. Finding what works the best. And, and that's why we can honestly say that we shoot those nowadays, they call them sub gauges. It's a yeah. 20 gauge and yeah. we run those all season long. Doesn't matter what we are hunting. It's going to be with the 20 gauge basically. And we've shot everything from eiders on the coast of uh, Massachusetts and we're shooting all your late season big giant Canada's up here without yep. an issue. Yeah, it all comes down to though, knowing that gun. And uh, we put way too much time into this 
hobby of ours to to not head out to that field knowing exactly what's going to happen. But the the thing I like about it is is the point that I touched on at first is that you don't care what the brand is. Like it 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 doesn't matter. Like you have no no affiliation. Like you have no nothing. Like if 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 the population says brand X is the shittiest shell on the on the on the go, you still run it through your gun just so that you can say, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have like stacks of boxes of ammo with one or two loads shot through it. Yeah, and they probably won't ever see the light of day just because we go, well, it didn't work properly in what we want. But yeah. that's the thing is no affiliation means we get to play with everything that comes out. Yeah. And uh, from the cheap federals all the way up to your most expensive heavy shots and bismuth and all this kind of stuff, find what works for that gun and run it. Yeah. yeah man. Like, and, and you've got two ways of doing about it, right? You can either pattern your shells to your choke or pattern your choke to your shell. Like yeah. you can either buy Explain a bunch that, of- Explain that, Phil. Explain so that. You can either, so you got your- your one choke, you find what ammo works well in that choke. Mm-hmm. Or you have your ammo, your one ammo, and you find what choke works to that ammo. Take a two-way street. Yep. Either go left or right, whatever. Yeah, no, 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 I, I like it. I just want, in case somebody yeah. didn't didn't know what you were talking about there, yeah. right? Like, I, and like, so just like Corey, like, I've, I've spent the time and the money and have gone through God knows how many chokes and different boxes of ammo and like even like within you know an individual brand because they'll you know they'll have different weights of shot charges which varies your speed like your feet per second of your load and that can vary so much as well i pay no attention to that stuff though it's and, fucking and science it, man i know i know it's science and i know there's a reason behind it but like i really don't pay any like i pattern i pattern like at the beginning of the season, I'll go out um, and I'll I'll put it down range and I'll punch paper and and I'll see what my gun is doing. I, I got a new gun on the way, so I'll I'll really be doing it even more so um, this year. But um, shot size is all I care about. Like I could care I could care less about the velocity. I could care less about the weight of the because it just doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, um, but everyone's different, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, sometimes I wish, because I'll get in conversations sometimes with people, and people are like, "Well, it's uh, one and a quarter ounce and and stuff like this," and I'm sitting there like twiddling my thumbs because I have no idea. Like I can't contribute to the conversation whatsoever because I have no fucking idea about any of that stuff. Yeah, you know what like I mean. The only the only gun I actually legitimately haven't patterned yet is my ethos. It's the only one mm-hmm. that I haven't put to paper yet. Well, like from, and I, I'm still in the process of doing things with that gun and, and other things and such, but I still got to find a choke that I want to run in it. And when I find said choke and then I'll start trying to pattern it and see where it goes. But like, I know like in from like when we're at goose camp there from Renfrew, when, um, cause you were in the other group and I was with yeah. Dave's group. Laced a goose at 30 yards, stone dead. Like it wasn't even like I dropped it, it was crippled, like stone dead 30 yards. So I'm like, okay, well, we, we might be on to something. So, well, so at some point, maybe, maybe this year, maybe next year, I don't know, at some point I'll get around to it. 
Like, in essence, do you really need to pattern a gun if you're shooting things at 20 yards or less? No. It's just That's nice awesome. to know what the gun can do. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I've got, like, my, my uh, M220 gauge, I've got no qualms dropping geese at 40 yards or less. Like that's that's my comfort zone, and she go no further. It really is like, you know, you hear fellas, uh, you'll hear fellas say all the time, you know, uh, anybody, uh, what's the best gun to use? What's the best choke to use? All the like people ask these questions, right? And and a lot of Please times, refer I, back to the Matt Pomeroy episode. Yeah, but not only that, but. And I honestly think that a lot of people ask it because they're just trying to, like, especially on social media, I think they're just trying to drum up some conversation, right? Like, they just yeah. want to get people talking. They, they they already know the answer. They already know the answer is, well, go out and try it and and see what it comes, right? But I think people are just trying to drum up some conversation, and, and maybe there's a brand or there's something that uh, they'll get educated on that they that they weren't aware of, right? Um But at the end of the day, everything's got to be, everything is going to be different for everybody. There's no, there's no quick fix, right? No, Would that, God, do you no. think that's a fair statement? Like there's no, like Corey and Phil, you can't tell me, well, Damien, you should be shooting this with this choke and, and this size shot. You can't because it, it may not work for me. The gun may not well, work for me. You know what I mean? We we have even seen two same guns, two same chokes, two same shells, pattern different. Yeah. Now there's there's no magical like like here's here's the shell, here's the choke, here's the gun. That's the recipe. God bless y'all, and that's the end of it. No. What's Andy shooting, Core? He is mainly running his Beretta over and under 20 gauge. Right. I knew that. And, I did know that. And he just picked up the matching version in 28 now. Mm -hmm. And so we've been doing, a, we went on a couple pigeon hunts already this summer. And he's been playing with that. And we had him out at uh, my place out here shooting some clays. And uh, it's, it's going to be one heck of a fun gun. It's just every time I look at him pulling that trigger, I'm like, well, there's five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, and he right away is like, well, so you're going to buy a 28 to run this season? And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to because, again, I can't have yeah. him be the only one. Of course. But that's, that's going to be those intimate hunts, those small water where right. we know it's all going to be chip shots because but there's not much payload in those little things anyways, first off. That's right. And secondly, when you're buying a box of 25 shells for 45 bucks, and that's just steel insane. loads, it's like... Yeah, ugh. that's insane. In, yeah. in fairness, yeah. Corey, can you put a price tag on memories? <laughs> well, well, well I, wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have thought so either, but 45 bucks at 25 shells is, yeah. is, is, is it, I think. Well, in yeah. fairness, the steel, the steel loads I got, I think I, only, I scored like 19 bucks a, oh. a box, but these the were like cool prices. Yeah, that's no, no, this was like two years ago, so full height of COVID. Yeah, but these were like budget, budget. Oh, yeah. what even steel loads just buying shells right now? I the prime example Winchester Super X's, those were always the most cost effective loads you could find around. Yep. Basically, it was like 14 to 18 bucks a box. Yep, that 
was just twenty five ninety nine a box, and that was the cheap version. Now, well, and, I won't tell you what I spent on that flight up to Smith. Then, that's just yeah. bragging. That's all that is. When you, well, that's just fucking stupidity. <laughs> yeah, that is stupidity. <laughs> I I hey, shot I, a go for I shot it. a full flight of Bismuth last season. Yeah, out of the twenty, out of that old school eight seventy, because you know you shoot an yeah. old school gun, you gotta shoot an old school load. Yeah, so I did no that way. last season. Yeah, this season I'm like, all right, what is the cheapest round that's gonna pattern out well, of that in, gun? In, well, in I fairness, remember... when I was when I was running the Auto Five Mag Twenty for a while there, believe me, my accuracy improved fucking tenfold. Oh yeah, because yeah. you pick and choose your shots. Well, Real good. and that's so that's what I was going to say. I had uh, Pat Hendricks came on the show there about a month ago, and Pat Pat shoots exclusively bismuth, right? And and I sort of started like the the rib him a little bit, and I'm like, well, it must be nice to have lots of money. And he's like, well, no, not really. He said it's not that. It got to do with the fact that um, he doesn't get out to hunt as much as he wants, and when he do. He wants to have the most success that he can, and he's yeah. and he's picking his shots right, like shooting business. He he's not sky busting, and he's not and he's not blasting at at teal, moving left to right at fifty yards in front of him. You know what I mean? So so he's picking his shots a little bit more, and and he's having more success. Is he paying like, more money for a shell? Yes. Well, but, look, here's something. That I've kind of thought about. No one say I came up with it, but just a kind of a, it. It makes sense. Is you look at your cost per kill. Yeah. How many times have you dumped steel loads into the sky? You might like so that's three loads. That's one bird. Mm -hmm. But you're conscious running the bismuth because you don't want to be wasting shots. Because when you know, every time you pull the trigger, it's just like fucking dollar bills. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> in fairness, I honestly think your cost per kill. If you're like a responsible adult, which most of us are not, but we try to be, we act the part. Yeah. Um, your cost per kill is the same because you've got it, it all those like, like shots really you're firing willy nilly. You've got wounded birds. You're now you're firing cripple shots. It's not where you just pick and choose shots with your bismuth. Your cost per kill is the same. Yeah. Likely is. And especially like. <laughs> Change my mind, bro. Hey, I'm I'm full agreeance on that one, and yeah. and it all comes down to realistically is how well do you shoot? Yeah, are you that that's type that's going to go out on a duck hunt and run through a box of shells for six mallards, or do you walk out of there with basically eight shells that are spent on six ducks? You know, and mm -hmm. one of those to kill a cripple that your buddy put down. Yeah, you know, like there, it all depends on how much you're shooting, and and I and we were just talking about this the other day with Andy, cause, and I mentioned his name a lot, but that's my right hand man when it comes to all this yeah, kind of, of course, hunting, of course, uh, two peas in a pod. And we've been hunting together for twenty plus years now. Is the big thing all of a sudden we talked about it the other day, and it's like it's twenty years of shooting things together, and you learn a thing or two, and, and we learn to pick your shots, like Phil said, pick your shots, don't be sky blasting things. The big portion of waterfowling that we enjoy the most is working those birds into those decoys. Mm -hmm. If you're going to tell me we're going to go out and pass shoot a bunch of geese and tell me we're going to shoot 10 guys limits pass shooting, I won't be as excited as you telling me we're going to go sit two guys on a creek and work every flock into that 15 yard range mm -hmm. where it's almost too close when you're shooting them, you know? And that's how 
everybody evolves through those different stages of hunting. It's always been said, you know, you start off really hungry where you just want to shoot, 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 post all those pictures. We're at that stage where it's like, no, no, I'd rather walk out of there without a full limit and let birds pass that aren't working properly. Yeah, of course. Where you're like one more circle, one more circle, and they're going to feet down and they do that one more circle and they're gone. And you're like, she gone. Yeah. Yeah, we probably should have done something. Yeah, I know. How many but times have you said that, eh? Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's I'm, the stage. I'm exactly the same as you, Corey. I I much rather, you know, the call work, me work, the spread work, than the gun work. Yeah, like I want I want those birds feet down. I can see the whites of their eyes, 15, 20 yards, because I'm like, like I've done all the work. Group settle down into the yeah. flock as that rest of it comes in. That's the whole like, fun. The the gun is the last thing I rely on. Yep. Yep. It's uh hmm. and heck, most of the time I'm sitting there with my camera in my hand, so I know exactly that, what that, that too. Is. Yeah. 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 Yep. So but like I, I want to know, like I had an amazing hide and I was calling and like you know, reading the birds and working the birds and the spread was right. Like that's all the stuff that I want to take into consideration. Not probably, oh yeah, I was raining birds at 80 yards. Like fuck your sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. Not at not at eighty years, but I can tell you that there is nothing gets me more excited <clears throat> than than and I and I totally I get it, everything that you guys are saying and and I totally do I get it. I just don't think about those things. Like I I put my time into my blind. I put my time into hiding. I put my time into scouting. I put my time in. To everything to practice to make sure I'm a good shot to 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 be the best caller I can be. Uh, probably I could work on my calling, but um, but when it when it's go time, like once I start seeing like it is it is 100% tunnel vision. When I start to see birds working, I it it's like I I don't know I don't hear anything around me. It's just I'm just so focused on that bird. Now I'm not taking. 40 yard shots either i'm not in the business of taking long shots i'm in the business of of when i pull the trigger i have every intent of dropping that bird and and i know my ability and i know my gun's ability and stuff like that i just i don't know man like i just just seeing those birds the most exciting thing i can ever say and people say see the whites that are right when I see a bird spill, there is nothing that gets me as excited as seeing a bird spill air. Dude, as, I, as Wade would say, cup and pumpkins, bro. Dude, like you have no idea. Like I almost there's times like I almost even forget to shoulder my gun. Like I'm watching <clears> them and I'm just like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. You know what well, I mean? I, I just funny. I, I could stand in a swamp balls deep with a camera every day for the rest of my life oh no no i want to shoot fuckers um yeah i just i i just 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 watching that dude there is nothing in this world that that is as cool as watching a bird spill air i i um so core this has been a topic i've brought up to a bunch of people um so far this year on the show and and i have my theories um and you spend a little and you spend more time out chasing them than what i do but um, have you know, like, have you seen any, any difference in the trends and how birds are reacting, say the last couple of years? So number of birds, 
um, what I call weird birds that that's coming into the area that n normally you wouldn't see. <gasps> and now all of a sudden you're starting to see them. Like, have you, have you seen anything in your part of the province? Well, depends on, yeah, where we're going to be hunting, but it's just like, where it always goes through those phases. Like we're talking equipment. Everybody's on A-frames and silos right now. Right. And like, Hey, I'm, I'm fully guilty of that. Cause all I do is run A-frames and silos on every hunt. Like, yeah, I think we've done one hunt with a layout in the last like three years, and we try to keep it that minimum because once we started hunting out of A frames, it's tough getting back into laying in a coffin blind in a field nowadays. I, just I hear you. Yeah, yeah, and even even we go, we'd rather have it where if the birds aren't working properly, we'll make it work with the A frames, and it just it just works so well for us, and especially mm -hmm. when you're running monster spreads of silos. That has changed it for us in that sense, but it's like I'm sure in a few years we'll we'll all cycle back to well full bodies and socks, and then it'll go back to whatever is the new age thing. But it all depends on I I always try to do something slightly different than than what everybody else is. So if everybody else is is running spinners and this and that and big monster spreads, we go super realistic on our hides and minimal spreads right. minimal calls and we like the old school methods like jerk rigs instead of spinners like we run spinners in the first part of the season in a field that's about it when it comes to any water hunt you won't find us hunting with a spinner pretty much really eh? everything we do on a water whether it be geese or ducks is going to be with a jerk rig one or two of them at least in a spread and that that motion really kills and especially come mid-season again everybody's throwing three, four spinners at these birds. They yeah. get in on that real fast. I, I agree with you. I, I think, I think that the birds get wise to the spinners. I really do. Um, yeah. I just, I have a rig. I have a jerk rig. I just, I think I just need to put a little bit more faith into it as opposed to throwing it out one day, not really seeing any um success with it you know what i mean and then saying well i didn't really see any success with the with the jerk rig today and then put it back in in the blind bag and not use it again for another month or two right i think i gotta yeah, put like, a little bit more faith into it we and it's it's also cumbersome in the sense that one of your guys now is going to have to be doing motion that's why when you're using any kind of those jerk rigs you really got to have a well hidden hide because you are yeah on that court as birds are working the spread yeah, and so you got to make sure you're well hidden. But we really found it really working well, especially late season. We hunt a lot of really small public waters around the area that have seen everybody hunting them since opener all the way straight into close. Mm -hmm. So they're highly pressured, and we have no issue shooting mallards within feet of us, basically, because we're we're utilizing those old school techniques that most of these guys don't nowadays. Yeah, and especially late season, we laugh. We always talk about running a big sea uh, spread late season for ducks on a river. We yeah. have four or five decoys, and that's it. Yeah, you know, like we go right minimal, and every bird that we finish though is right in that wheelhouse all the yeah. time. So, yeah, it's just what everybody else is doing around you. If it's working, then heck, try have it you, out. Have you noticed any difference in your numbers of birds? Last year, we had one of our best seasons in numerous really? years. Yeah. And uh, we we put a hurting on them from early season geese all the way straight through to the very end of the season. Really? And where 
before, it was our worst year ever. And, and so it was like a huge difference going in from one season to another. The year before, we had that huge stale where it was just warm air that stayed there for heck most of November and December when we mm -hmm. needed to be cold. Yeah. And we didn't see our migratory birds, our ducks and our geese, our big push of them until after that season closed and it killed us. Yeah. And this season, well, last season, technically, we started that out with a bang. And, uh, and unfortunately, like with me doing the wildlife work, I travel a lot chasing birds and like my main job from spring till midsummer is chasing nuisance geese with my dogs. Yeah. So I see where there's problematic areas. So I'm fortunate. I get to know landowners in those areas. Of course. Where there's of course. Shoes and, and it really pays for us. And, uh, Heck, I was even hunting on a job site of mine last season. They never allowed hunting ever since they ran this factory. And yeah. last year was the first year they ever let anybody hunt it. And my goodness, we we did it real well out of there on numerous hunts. I think we shot probably 250 geese just on that property alone Wicked. last year. Yeah, so and which helped me in work because it does remove those problem birds for them as well. So it all uh, it all yeah. pays. But and, yeah, no, last year was the only thing that affected us last year was that drought that we had midsummer. Yeah. And that dried up a huge percentage of our really killer duck spots. They just went all dry and there's nothing to them. So that one hurt, mm -hmm. but it really pushed those birds to wherever you found water, you know, you're going to be into the birds and that's yeah. what we focused on. I, just, I found, <laughs> I found the number of geese, like I, I still don't, if anything, the the goose population up here is increasing, and and I know down in southern Ontario, um, especially down around you know the GTA and those areas, it it obviously is right because you've got birds that are just hanging around all year long. They're just they're just yeah. reproducing and well, they're they, just they, hanging. They don't around, migrate. Right? Yeah, they don't no, migrate. They don't right? Migrate. They just hang. They, they, they do just two hang things: around. feed and fuck. Yeah. So that's it. But my thing, because I really don't give up. I really don't care about geese. Like I, I like going to shoot them, but ducks are my thing. And last year, I don't think I'm not sure if we seen a migration last year. But and I gotta say, I'm not saying the migration didn't happen. I'm saying that I think the migration they just flew right by us. Like I don't yeah. think that I don't think they they came down. I don't think they they hung around. I think they just. They just kept on keeping on and just kept heading south, right? Like, we normally have a little bit of a lull, like October to mid-November. There's a little bit of a lull there for ducks. But then once mid-November uh, into the first week of December, like, it's game time on again, right? Like, that's when we start to see those big, fat mallards coming in. And, dude, we, did, we just didn't I, – I don't think we've seen them. And, and people could argue with me. Um, and say that they were there um, and they could very well have been they just weren't there where I was I guess um, and and I just and and I keep hearing more and more about wonky birds showing up right like I've heard stories of cinnamon teal being around here uh, I hear I hear the snow geese are, are coming closer now like they're they're getting further and further west of that quebec and ontario border which was always like that was it that was the corridor right like if well, you wanted to hunt snow we shot our first two ross geese ever last really year. yeah two mature rosses i while scouting a spot i found about 700 canadas and there was two ross geese 
with that wow. whole group of birds and got the permission on the property the night before we swung in there that morning the first group of birds was about 40 canadas and those two rosses at the very back wow not a single canada was hit yeah it was, we rolled those two rosses and everybody just stopped shooting and we were like <laughs> it's like nobody want any of those other birds no no nobody no no. Cared. no no yeah. absolutely yeah, so that's uh, they're uh, in our freezer going up on our walls, those birds. So, yeah, of course, they are always that's the a... odd one. But even last year, we shot pintails, which I haven't shot a pintail in this area in probably 10 years. And yeah. on one hunt, we shot two or three of them. So, so I'm gonna those... the place that and and Phil, I've taken you there on opener. Usually, my yeah. my my opener spot, um, you're shooting nothing but green wing teal. That that's oh, usually like, it's teal yeah, mecca. Yeah, it's teal mecca, right? And last year, I bet you I hunted that place a dozen times from and never seen a green wing teal, not one. So it's it's just weird. Now there was I, I did get we did get buzzed by a couple blue wings, and I always find teal, and this is me. I find teal decoy so nice for me. They've always decoyed nice for me. Um, but even the blue wings that we would see, they just buzz us like they wouldn't decoy. I've never seen any green wings. Um, just seen some blue wings buzz us. Like it was just as weird. And which I guess at the end of the day, it's what makes us love it so much is because it's never the same, right? Like I always say we're we're chasing after something that's got a brain the size of a pea, but yet they outsmart us all the time. Well, every day you know make us humble and then yeah. when you think you got them figured out they'll just throw you for a fucking make you look like a fool and and do something completely opposite of what what you thought they were going to do yeah yeah but that's why i love it too though. yeah it, ab it. absolutely yeah and when they how many times drives us crazy like how many times and and you brought it up like how many times have you have you been in the blind bent over onto your call, you know, trying to, trying to watch what they're doing without showing your pie face and, and watch them circle and go, one more time. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then they fuck off and you're like, man, we should, we should have took that shot. Should, how many times have, have we said that? Or, all, or, all of them. or you take the shot and said, ah, should have let them do it one more time. They probably would have done it for us if we would have let them circle one more time. It, it all depends on the hunt but one of the like the classic lines is like all right boys like bird in hand like if there's a flock of 15 and there's two birds that are in front of that just shoot those two birds like <laughs> don't try to get greedy those two birds will be dropping in and we're still going okay bird in hand theory and as they're in range we're like let's win <laughs> and then they all burn us yeah that's the problem yeah. yeah 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 it's awesome man some like days we go all right shots it's yeah. wild man i love it. it it it's amazing i and there's nothing there's nothing like it and and uh i don't know man uh, you would think after 150 episodes of this show and we don't we don't reinvent the wheel every time we do the show like we talk about the same thing every episode pretty much Pretty much the same thing every episode and people still come in yeah. and listen to it. And I think, it just, and I think that's the difference with, 
with duck and goose hunters is that you can talk about the same thing, but it's always different. Like there's always some, there's always one little thing that you could have changed or someone is listening to us and they're like, man, what are they doing up there? Like, that's ridiculous. This is how it's done down here. And, and you know what I mean? And, and you go back and forth. Like I can remember going to PEI, I had Steve Segulik with me. And we were like, what in the hell is going on down here? Like just the way they hid and stuff like that. But that, that's the way it works for them. And what works down there doesn't mean it works up here, right? And, and it just, that's, that's the beauty about it. I, I, I don't know. I, I love it. And I, I, I love coming on this show every week and, and talking to people about it because it's just, I don't know. There's it's something that's about why, it. That... That's why I enjoy so much of the aspect of meeting up with new people for waterfowl. It's not deer hunting where you sit by yourself quietly in a tree. That yeah. is fun, sure, but waterfowling is where it's at for oh, buddy. hanging out with your buddies, shoot the shit all day, and yeah. still have a lot of fun at it. <clears throat> it's yeah, the social absolutely. aspect. Yeah. Yeah, of, of, of course it is. But the thing I like about it is, is that you can talk. When I used to smoke, you could, you could have a cigarette. You could sit down. You could smoke. Oh, oh, here they come put your cigarette out, pick up your gun. And especially for geese, right? Cause you see them coming yeah. a million miles away. But, yeah. um, my, th that whole thing of sitting in a tree stand, um, being motionless for eight hours out of the day, that, that doesn't appeal to me. Um, good on you. If, if that's something you're into, um, just yeah. for me, I don't have the attention span to pull that off at all. Every, every night right now, I'm watching a bachelor's group of bucks. They're probably on my field right now. Yeah. And there's, there's a few dandies already coming out of there and there's five or six of them every night in my field. And it's like, am I going to buy a deer tag? Probably not. No. <laughs> Let them grow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. crazy, right? It's, it's yeah. but, but then, you know, you talk to a deer hunter and they'd be like, man, you're going out when the rain is coming in sideways and, and, and it's cold and it's miserable and you got to hump all that stuff in and, and, and you're just sitting there hoping that you can pull a shot. Like, you guys are crazy. And I'm like, eh, yeah, love I love it. Yeah. yeah personally. Like yeah, per yeah. Well, yeah, I think you got to be a little bit crazy in order to, to do it. But um, you know what, core buddy, we're at that hour mark. And I don't think we need to go over that hour mark. We're at Corey's limit. We're at I Corey's didn't even limit. have to turn on and flip the lights at all. <laughs> you didn't have to give the sign. You didn't have to give the yeah, sign. I was just texting the wife being like, come upstairs and tell me I have to take care of the boys. I, <laughs> I cannot count the amount of times that your name has been mentioned on episodes, Corey. <laughs> That's either a good thing or a bad thing, buddy. I'm uh... well, so it's like oh, it's, it's a like, little hey, bit of both, buddy. Hey, it's a little well, bit it's like we're, we're at that hour. Corey's tapped out. We're done. <laughs> yeah, Corey. Corey's tuned us out at this point, so we better. I think. I think, in it. fairness, ne next to Jeff Coates, I think your name runs second for mentioned the most in our episodes. I, I would say I appreciate so. Appreciate it, boys. That's, that's why not. there's such love for all of us, you know. And uh, yeah, absolutely. and I know me and Damien, we've been talking. We're going to be meeting up this season, doing some stuff together. And absolutely, uh, sure, Phil's going to be tagging along there too, holding all our gear for us. Yeah. Well, fight. I have to come down shoot a sub gauge duck hunt. Yeah, yeah. I we got we we twist, really twist do. We really do have to put a little bit more effort into. Um, I love meeting up with new people and hanging out with new people, but I I really do have to put a an effort into spending some time with some some old friends that I haven't had a chance to hunt with in in a while. So, um, core, I I'm coming down, buddy. Like uh, oh, I've sorry. already I'm coming down. Um, so. 
we'll we'll have a blast and and Philly. Usually, if I can give Philly a couple weeks' notice, um, just so that he can massage his uh, massage his schedule, he's usually down to travel too. So, um, we'll come down and we'll we'll tell a bunch of lies, smoke some cigars, and and shoot some birds. And we could even put something together around my parts. Yeah, shoot some. Well, that's corn a bit buffers. of a yeah. That's that's a bit of a hike for for Corey, but we'd have to make oh, you're it. What? You're north of GTA. I'm Port Perry, so I'm actually so Corey's closer to me than Damien is. Really? Yeah. Yep. Nine, oh. Ninety minutes. Yeah. Oh, That's I thought I was closer to you than yeah, what Corey Cambridge was. is. Cambridge is fuck all. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh well, then we'll totally do it. We'll crash at we'll crash at Phil's. Yeah, that's <laughs> space. I have a fire pit in the backyard. We can burn some shit. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Okay, boys. Corey, buddy. Like I said, man, it's been way too long since I've since we've had you on, and and I appreciate you uh, coming on. We tried to get you on there uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you were like, "Dude, I'm going out to dinner," and uh, and that and that was a yeah. short. That was a pretty short yeah. return and on that. that dude, too. I'm going to the hospital. My wife's still labor. <laughs> yeah, as much as I yeah. as much as I'd love to come on, but I'm gonna go have a baby right now. So, um, no, buddy, I appreciate it. Episode, it would have been, been coming to you live from the hospital. Yeah, oh, that would have been so. That would have awesome. been fucking epic. She yeah. would have fucking hated. She's never <laughs> met me. Like, like on, on your phone. Me. Hey, look at my son. He's three minutes old. <laughs> she would hate me before she even met me. It'd be yeah. perfect. That's a new perfect. level for me. That's a yeah, new it level, is, buddy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, buddy. Thanks so much, Core, for coming on. Um, Phil, to you, buddy. Uh, absolute pleasure as always, Corey. Like we've known each other for a number of years, and again, hopefully we can. Uh, I really, really, really want to get together for a hunt this fall, dude. And just get out like you. Us. Yeah, I know. I know. Damien's got a new uh, new baby toy on the way. Us and uh, would love to see Andy again and yeah, shoot the baby guns and maybe shoot some uh, big ducks and small water with small guns. There you go. Take I take take a couple pictures with you. the old Polaroid. Who knows? Yeah. Awesome. Don't worry, boys. I got it all planned out. We will see you shortly. Awesome. Corey, to you, man. Last words. Thanks Peace. as always, boys. It's always awesome. a pleasure. Awesome. Better. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Union 0430. We will never pretend to be someone we're not. We're just a bunch of dudes that love one another's company and love talking about shooting birds in the fucking face. Stop being douchebags to one another. Be nice to one another. Big love until next week.